Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. It's that little chico pit boom, Mr. 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide. You already know what it is. Listen to my new podcast from negative to positive. Subscribe today. Now, part of the things that we're doing over here at negative to positive is encouraging people to change their lives, change the things that are within their power. I want to thank our good friends at KFC for helping me bring this to you. Feed your whole crew with KFC. Let's go. I can get the KFC bucket of chicken and you know, that's fire. Now, Bobo, you know that you could get that mac and cheese, that mashed potato, gravy, those biscuits. Now, that's that's trouble right there. That is fire right there. You know, on negative to positive, we're always talking about striving and achievement. And, and the Colonel Sanders story is, is a story that inspired me since I was 10 years old. Look how our life comes full circle. Now I'm talking about Colonel Sanders and Kentucky Fried Chicken and how much I love it. <laughs> Listen to my new podcast from negative to positive. Check out the vodcast. Subscribe today. Apple Podcast. Podcast One. Spotify. I have been fed, that's a fact. I have been fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's PowerCash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, friggins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash PowerCash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Looky here, a live episode of Rule of Two. It's episode 51. I'm joined by Mark Fernandez. How are you, sir? I'm pretty good, bro. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, may the force be with you. I mean, we, we got to <laughs> force be with you. We too. are going to uh, open the phone lines up tonight. Yeah, We're going to answer first. your questions. Yeah. And uh, yeah, this is going to be a fun episode. I'm looking forward to it. But I wanted to start here, Mark Fernandez. What's the, what's the over under you think on how many calls we'll actually get? I think we'll get uh, over five. You think we'll Over get some calls? 10, I think we'll have some calls. Let's get some good calls and let's talk Star Wars. You know, like I've seen so many comments always say, oh, I love Rula 2 because it feels like I'm just hanging out and chatting with my friends. Right. Like let's, you know, that's the opportunity at hand today. You yeah. know, it's like come call us in. Let's talk. Let's talk Star Wars. Um, let's have a little bit of fun. But know that if it gets a little, you know, unruly. Yeah, oh yeah. On um, anyway, Cody Hall's quick with the hang up trigger. Yep, we can use the force. Yeah, Let, yeah, we can force choke across the galaxy. Yeah, and uh, and basically just hang up. Yeah. So yeah, we want to keep it uh, civil, fun. This is Star Wars. This is a celebration. Uh, you know everything in the Star Wars universe. We want to talk about Rise of Skywalker. You know, uh, get your opinion on this because Kevin Smith said a few things. Yeah. And this is where I wanted to start. Here, he basically said that he the last scene of uh, Rise of Skywalker is going to blow our mind. And he melt. was like crying or melt our mind. Yeah. Um, so I have a bunch of questions about this. I do too. I want you to start because yeah. uh, I, 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 we might be on the same page, but I don't know. So first of all, what did he actually see? I'm very interested in. Right. Um, who let him into the cut room? I'm guessing JJ showed JJ him. JJ did, yeah. Showed him the whole movie or just scenes? We don't know. He said he saw the last scene, um, and it was like JJ is like you don't want to see this or something like that. And I think it was because of his heart attack that he had that he was invited on set. And so Kevin Smith was basically like, "No, spoil it for me. I want to see it." And so 
Um, after recovering from a heart attack in early 2018, Kevin Smith uh, visited J.J. Abrams on the set. And there was scuttlebutt about the set at Pinewood Studios. Smith said they're like, you have to see this. When you see it, it will melt your mind. So I asked J.J. They kept telling me I should see the set. He's like, don't. It's the last shot of the movie. But then he went and saw it. And you don't want to be spoiled. But you want to be in the theater when this happens is what J.J. said. Trust me. And then other people on the crew were like, bro, you should see it. It's going to melt your mind. So he then saw it and it melted his mind. It melted his mind. OK. Yeah. So look, I, I like Kevin Smith. I've, I've, I've met him personally. Um, he's come through the studio a few times. He's a legend in our space. He's a true Comic-Con hero. He's a true mm-hmm. comic book hero. Um, you know, there's there's I mean, he's that great, right? He's got right. like a lot of accolades and a great resume and he's a good dude. Um, but and I guess there is a but is that I do feel like um, he tends to like everything a little bit. Yeah. Oh, it, you know what? Let me let me yeah, add this jump to in, it. Jump in. He did take J.J.'s. I just finished the article. He did cha- take J.J.'s advice. Didn't see the final set. I guess everybody's just saying that the last shot of the movie is going to melt your mind. So Kevin Smith listened to J.J. and said, OK, no spoilers. I'm going to see it in the theater. Right. So I want to make that clear. All right. So the final shot is probably Anakin Skywalker. It's probably, Do you think so? It's probably Hayden Christensen. No? Well, he says it's a set. It's so the I wa- set? It's a set. I wonder what that could mean. It's the set. Yeah. Guys in the comments section, uh, let us know what you're uh, thinking about. What What do you think that last set could be? Yeah. And it's like, look, just, just to go against like my only sort of cynicism on this is mm-hmm. that Kevin Smith – and I actually enjoy watching his movie reviews. I mean yeah. – they're really long, and he basically just gives you like a shot-by-shot retelling of the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, that's literally how he reviews movies. Okay, um, and they're cool, and they're and they're fun, and he's a he's an engaging guy, and you can tell he loves this shit. But his critiques um, don't don't hit home. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like he doesn't seem to give you that counter argument of how things could have been better or things that he's. I mean, he's not much of a critic, I guess. I guess he's more of a fan, which is okay. Yeah, and I think with him, he's a filmmaker as well, and I kind of I'm with right, him on great. that. Yeah, because it's like he's a creator more than he is a critic. Exactly, which I like. Yeah, and so you know, especially for like Star Wars stuff. I mean, it's like you know, we get hit on the internet sometimes with our Star Wars opinions, and. I always say I'll never change. I grew up with Star Wars. So am I biased with Star Wars? You're damn right I am. It, it defined who I am as a kid. It defined – it made me want to go become a writer. It made all these things possible. Yeah. So even though I don't like some of the movies as much as the others, there's always something in there that I love. I mean I just got – I don't like Attack of the Clones as much as you do. Right. There is a lot of stuff in there that I'm like, oh, god. But today there was – I was like surfing the internet and there was the Battle of Geonosis scene. Yeah. Where Yoda comes in and all the Jedi are there, like, you know, right. create a perimeter. And I found myself watching the entire scene. And from and then all of a sudden I blink and I'm like, wait a minute. I just watched all the way up to Yoda fighting Dooku yeah. and was enjoying the hell out of myself. Yeah, it's, it's a cool movie, man. It's a cool so movie. So there you go. I mean, that's stuff that I do like in Attack of the Clones. So, But you were saying. I don't uh, – Sphinx Productions, I'll reply to you. Um, I don't want more negativity, but I do want um, an open dialogue um, that crosses into criticism if it's deserved. And constructive. Constructive criticism yeah. because ultimately 
that feedback mechanism I think is very important, mm -hmm. you know, and if you don't have people that are willing to sort of um, turn, um, you know, a critical eye towards things, then it's just nothing ever really changes, yeah. you know, and like, look, we get critiques all the time on this show. Yeah. I'm too negative. <laughs> you're too positive. Right. You know? Right. Um, and, you know, we, we take it with a grain of salt, but we do take it. Yeah. You know? And, and, and we try to adapt to it. I've tried to be more positive and you've tried to be more negative. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've tried to, just to your point, constructive. You know, criticize, not yeah. criticize, but, but at least just kind of balance it out to what I do like, but, you know, I can look at it through the lens of, okay, if I would have done something different, this is what I feel. But I'm never going to be completely – I can't hate on Star Wars. You're going to be honest to your own like you know, to your own thing. You know? yeah. It's like – it's your own opinion. It's your own POV. Right. Uh, Jane Turner asks, Mark Fernandez works at Geeks and Gamers. No, Mark Fernandez does not work at Geeks and Gamers. No. That's – you work here. I've heard of that channel. Mm -hmm. I've never really watched it, but I have heard of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we should uh, – this is our cold open. We want to get to the phone lines. We want to answer your questions. It's episode 51. We got to do something yeah. that gets this started. So why don't we do it because there's a little word that is used to kick it all up. So this is episode 51 of Rule of Two. Rise. That's right. Episode 51 is here of Rule of Two. I am Mark Riley, your host. Alongside Mark Fernandez and uh, what up, what up? you are here on Collider Videos. We're going live today. We We're start going live. This is the first live show we do in a few weeks, right? Yeah, we had to pre-tape because you were out of town. And yeah. so we did a nice uh, conversation last week uh, that we pre-taped before, dropped it on Monday. But now we're back. And yeah, we thought it was fun. Uh, Fernandez came up to me and said, well, can we open the phone lines? I said, hell yeah, we can. We have the best switcher in the business with Cody Hall. Yeah, Cody Hall. One day we'll get Cody Hall in here because I think he and I need to have a little debate. Yeah. Because Cody Hall is like a super prequel hater, right, Cody? Are you a prequel hater, Cody? Not a hater. I'd say a disliker. A disliker. A disliker. Okay, that's good enough. You know, we should take out the old sabers and see, uh, <laughs> you know, see what we got. Because it could be fun because sometimes – I always like hearing people that dislike these movies because I like them so much. Right. But I know that they're not perfect and I know that at, at points they're not even good. Yeah. You know, but there's so much and like like a like a like a super nerd. I watched the making of episode one um, mm. over the weekend. I love that. Uh, I love any making of feature, even yeah. if it's a movie that didn't really land with me. And like my biggest takeaway from seeing it seeing it is that um I like I'm really in awe of how much fun you and McGregor had with this role. Yeah, he was like a kid. Yeah, because he he got cast as Obi Wan, and then he had a lightsaber. Because I remember you showed something on Twitter. Yeah, and I remember that from the documentary. Um, he gets like pushed, and he falls in the thing, and he gets up, and he's like, "Let's do it again!" Oh my god, because <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. he's playing Star Wars. Yeah, I I think the quote is something like, you know, he's like, they asked me if I wanted to do it Star Wars, and I was like, yeah, but let's do it fucking right or yeah, something like that. Right, you know? right, like, right. Uh, you know, he, you know, it, it's like he embodies everything that you dream about when somebody says, "Let's go work on a Star Wars movie." Yeah, you know, the guy really, really, really loved that role, he and did. you see it on the screen. I mean, he does a fucking great job. And I think that everybody would say that. He's one of the best parts of all the prequels is his performance. Yeah. I mean you have great performances across the board in, in certain – like I think of Liam Neeson as Qui-Gon Jinn. He's fantastic. Fantastic. Um, but, but it was Obi-Wan that really you know, kind of 
connected the to the new to, to the regular trilogy. And Ewan McGregor, that's a those are some big shoes to fill with Alec Guinness, and he pulled it off. And so I love it. And give us our Obi Wan movie or our series. Um, but I see the Big Mac Army is in the yeah, chat Yeah, Big Mac room. Army is special sauce, lettuce, cheese, there it two is. all beef patties, and a sesame seed bun in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I think we got our first call. We do have our first call. So we're going to open it up. And uh, you're on Rule of Two. Who do we got? You got Christian from Norway here. Hey, Christian. Is from this Christian Nor- Hestus? Yes, that's me. Hey, dude. How are you? I know I'm him. Good. I know him. What's your question today for Rule of Two? Um, one actor I'm really excited for in episode nine is Richard E. Grant. Oh, uh, Richard E. Grant, yeah. How big of a role, how big of a role do you think he's going to have in episode nine? Great question. Thanks, Christian. Um, I think Richard E. Grant is first order. I think he's going to be like one of the generals that takes over for Hux. I think who, so. Who, who is it again? Richard E. Grant did. Uh, he was in. He was nominated for an uh, for an Oscar for "Can You Ever Forgive Me" with Melissa McCarthy this past year. Okay. In fact, he should have won, in my opinion. He was fantastic. Richard E. Grant was in L.A. Story. He's been in a number of things. He is playing a first order for sure. Mm-hmm. He's like tailor made for that. So, I personally think that he is going to be a big part of the movie, and I wonder if big enough to where him and Hux. Oh, are, that guy, that guy. Yeah, are, are also in Eyes Wide Shut. Stanley Eyes Wide Shut. Yep. Eyes Wide Shut. Yeah. Um, I think that he's going to be bucking for power against Hux, and I can't wait. And this is what I think. I think Richard E. Grant is going to b slap Hux into submission. Hmm. That's what I feel because he's a fantastic actor. And I think he's tailor made to be a, a a Star Wars baddie. Yeah. So. I I love him and Logan. Oh, he's great in Logan. He's too. great in Logan. Yep, he's just um, great across the board. Look, here's here's my problem with these sort of casts in these new Star Wars movies, um, and even in the prequels and even in the original trilogy, um, it's hard for anybody that's not part of the main crew mm-hmm. to get a lot of screen time and a lot of time to shine. You right. know, I saw. Um, once upon a time in Hollywood over the weekend. Same, and um, I thought it was great. You know, loved it. I, I loved you know, it. Loved it. But what's so good about it is that I could have spent thirty hours in that cinema hanging out with those characters. Yeah, me the too. The characters are just really interesting, mm-hmm. and Quentin Tarantino does a great job in creating these epic scenes of dialogue that really let you dive in to the characters, their sense of humor, their vulnerabilities, mm-hmm. their strengths, their weaknesses, their wants, their desires, their their fears, all these kinds of things are are what you go to the movies for sometimes. Yeah. And um not that Star Wars ever gave you a ton of that, but I always did feel like you got you know that that it's sort of getting less and less and less and less and less of that, and that's why with the Last Jedi, the thing that I actually really loved about the Last Jedi mm-hmm. are all the scenes between Rey and Kylo. Yeah, oh yeah, because that's the best because those scenes um, really let you get to know these people better. You know, and it feels to me like they tried to do an Attack of the Clones with with uh, with with um, uh, you know Princess Amidala and, and Anakin, Anakin yeah. to try to get to know each other a little better. It kind of fell flat. 
It really did. I mean, it goes to Attack of the Clones. I mean, there was, they, you know, he's talking about sand and he's, it's just kind of boring and he gets up and walks away yeah. and then he says something and he comes back and it was very static and but just like, kind of, mm. The reason I love the Dexter scene is that I actually think that Obi-Wan and Dexter have a good, like, they have a good dialogue. It, it's great. You know, I they, actually like Dexter yeah, in that can, scene. Yeah, it feels like they know each other. Like, you believe that these two people are friends. And, like, you know, he's telling him about, like, where he got the poison from or where he thinks this is from and tells him about Camino and all those things. I love that scene. Yeah. You know? Um, Dooku and Obi-Wan. You mm-hmm. know, when they're, you know, when, like, Dooku gives you a little bit of exposition backstory right. about Qui-Gon, you know, what if Polly Bint's here with me right now? Mm-hmm. And he's like, Qui-Gon would have never joined you. And, like, all these things. I don't think we we get enough of that in the new movies. You okay. know? Um, like... If you think about it, the only time you really get it, I think, is with Kylo and Rey in, in, yeah. like and in I, The Last Jedi. And I think that's by design. And I'm still hoping, crossing my fingers, that we get some sort of force flashback with Luke and Ben Solo. And you get a little flavor of like the Anakin and Obi-Wan relationship, the, the Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan relationship. You know what I mean? Like yeah. especially Clone Wars, Obi-Wan and Anakin where he's, we see them on maybe an adventure. They're not going to do it, of course, but I would love to see just a little reaction, a little interaction before Ben Solo falls to the dark side. Yeah. Because I think that would fill in some blanks. And also, I think it opens an opportunity to have Luke Skywalker kick some ass and we see it. And then maybe that will kind of take away some of the sting of not seeing him do the, you know, I know a lot of fans, including me, I would have seen it, but him really doing something like, Pulling a Star Destroyer out of the sky, but that's right. a little out there. Yeah, so I guess to answer the caller's question, um, I hope that Richard E. Grant gets his moment on screen. I hope – like anybody does. choose some you know? scenery there. Maybe Richard E. Grant plays like – I don't know. Uh, you know, Yeah, like I'm with you. It's some kind of First Order thing. I mean he looks – I mean he looks like Thrawn, kind of yeah. like how I imagine Thrawn in my head. Right, you know? right. Yeah, you, like you paint them blue, and like that is Thrawn. I mean, it's it's perfect. It, it would be great. I I remember going back to when Rogue One was coming out. And I'm like, what if Ben Mendelsohn was Thrawn? Right, because he had the white uniform, and it's like, and they're just showing him like they did with, like when they put Hulk in the Infinity War trailer, yeah, yeah, and then yeah, he was yeah. never Hulk. A little misdirect. It was a little misdirect, and like the movie opens, and he's blue, but. That's a podcast for another time. Uh, great question. Thank you so much for calling in and uh, lots of you in the chat. Um, I like this one, talking Star Wars in the chat. Do you think uh, Maz will appear in The Mandalorian? Maz Kanata, what do you think? I no. think – you don't think so? I don't think so. I don't mm. – Lupita's too big, too big an actor. She's too know. big an actor yeah. for that. Maybe. It'd be a big deal. Like if Lupita was in it, it'd be a big deal and we probably would have known – maybe not known about it but – I mean that's huge marketing muscle if yeah. she was in it. I tell you what though. If this thing goes big and he's already writing season two, they could maybe get Moz for uh, for a cameo or a part, maybe an episode. It's a great question though because I think we need some of those connective tissues for – to get us to the, the sequel trilogy 30 years later. So Moz would be a great addition to that because she's on Tokadana and she's got her own like kind of little – cantina there she's not necessarily completely i mean there's some shady stuff going on there would you say it makes sense if she was in it it would make sense it would make That's sense what if she was to in say. It. um so yeah there we go we got a caller coming in uh you're on ruler two who do we've got uh alan from florida oh what's up i'm from florida bro how are you doing what part uh, of florida uh, yeah 
Um, actually, you can see uh, I've been I've been on the mic for like quite some time. I don't know if you guys heard me or anything like that. I was actually um agreeing with you guys and um about the dialogue and everything like that. And uh, I uh, I I added uh, what about um Ahsoka and um and oh my goodness, Ahsoka and uh, Ezra? Darth Vader's oh. in, interaction interaction with each other. Um, uh, Anakin. Anakin, when, when, you know, he was training and everything like that. Yeah, that's like, a good, uh, that, that's some good stuff, it, it too. Was, yeah. Yeah, it is. Like, that. that's some heavy heart, that's some hard-hitting stuff, especially, like, uh, when I was, I was actually late to the game, but, um, when she, when she found out that, you know, Anakin was Darth Vader, I mean, that, that whole scene where, like, she was fighting him and trying to bring him back. Yeah. And she cut his, uh, she cut his helmet. And you see oh, his man, eye, man. and she, she like, yes. and he like yeah. looks her, but oh, it. Oh my god! Like that was so that was that's such an emotional scene. Yeah, I love that you know too. How much she cares for him, you know? Well, like she looked up to him as like a as like an older brother, it's like you know, a father figure, and he became that that monster. Mm-hmm. It's it was it was so so deep. And in 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 the, in the side of that, if they if they do like add Ahsoka to any of the movies going forward, who would you like to to play as Ahsoka? Yeah, so good question. Thanks for Great the call, question. buddy. Thanks for the call. You um, you made the call for Ahsoka on the live action, and why don't you say it? Because I I loved the pick. Uh, God, I've I've. Or have you ch- changed your mind? Or is there new? It's just how how old is she? In the live action, you know, because like right. Well, depending on where they would put Ahsoka, drop that into the chat. You know as who well. I have now? Like, you know who I can't stop seeing now is Ahsoka. Who? And maybe it's because I've been watching Euphoria recently. Mm-hmm. Zendaya. Ooh, I'm watching Euphoria too. Isn't it crazy? It's crazy. Yeah, I'm never having kids. Uh, yeah, I mean, but she's <laughs> such a good actor, man. She is fantastic in it, and yeah. she's athletic, and mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, look, like she's not the right age, right? Well. For, Depend again. Where would we put an Ahsoka movie? Like, where would it be in the timeline? And because you know, Filoni came out at the Star Wars celebration a couple years ago, and they for the announcement of Clone Wars. And when the lights came up, I said Ahsoka lives because there was that question. You know, I know she kind of went off, yeah. and there was a it was kind of vague, but. Would it be like a sequel to Rebels where we could see her again in that timeline? Could we see it just you know, pop up somewhere within who, who, the Clone Wars? Who was my Wars? other pick for Ahsoka? It was the girl from Alexander the Great that I worked with on Getting Up, wasn't it? Um, from uh, Do the Right or, – or no, from, um, uh, from Alexander the Great. Uh, she was in Daredevil. Yeah. Um, she plays like um, the nurse in Daredevil. Um, yeah, I'm trying to – I can't pull the name for the life of me right now. Oh my god! Um, collective amnesia. Yeah, oh, collective Rosario am- Dawson. Rosario, Rosario Dawson. Dawson. Thank Rosario you. Dawson. If we were to do like a sequel post Revenge of the Sith, post Rebels world, mm-hmm. I think Rosario Dawson would be an interesting pick for me. I mean, I, I, this is just my head cannon. I like. I liked your pick. Yeah, I think she's perfect. Actually, yeah, I think I, she'd be fantastic. I. The question being, where could we put an Ahsoka? Would it be a movie? I think a streaming service or a streaming series is the way to go for Ahsoka because you can really – that character has become so beloved when you think that she almost didn't even make it out of the Clone Wars movie because she was so annoying. People were like, oh, god. She's like 
it wasn't yeah. it wasn't great, but over time through the Clone Wars and her her arc is spectacular in the Clone Wars. It is spectacular. And so I would almost want like a live action version of that, but we have such a beautiful version of it with the Clone Wars. It's a good question. Guys in the chat, where would you want to put an Ahsoka movie and would you want it to be maybe a streaming? Because I think, again, a streaming would be a, a fantastic way to go. Uh, and uh, Big Buddha 180 agrees with me, and I like that. Yeah. So, so okay. So while we wait for the next call, let's 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 think about this because it's it keeps rattling around in my head. What okay. set are they talking about? What set for that that melted Kevin Smith's mind? Oh, you want to get back to that? Yeah. Um, I mean, let's think about it. Like, 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 what set? Like, if you were to see something in Episode Nine mm-hmm. that has already been seen before, let's make that assumption. Yeah. It's a set mm-hmm. that would melt your mind. And he's got to unite the saga. He's got to unite the saga. Okay. Is it Mustafar? The lava? Yeah, where Anakin and Obi-Wan had their last duel, where Vader built his castle then that we saw in Rogue One. But we've already seen that in Rogue One, so it's not a mind melter. Somebody in the comments said the Emperor's throne room. Yeah, I mean— And that's interesting. Um, Look, I think that one of the things that I was thinking about— on my way to work today, actually, was we got to get some kind of closure on the Snoke thing. Yeah, we do. Like, like the Snoke thing, it's just like they can't pretend the Snoke thing didn't happen. No, I know. I agree with you. I, I love that he was he went out the way he did because I love being surprised like that. Fine, but, like, but it needs something. Again, I wonder if it ties to – again, I, I love how I can always – every time I do a Star Wars thing, I bring up Dark Empire. Right, right. Because it's my thing. And yeah, we, ha- thing. we know that the Emperor is coming back. So again, is it a clone? And could Snoke – could we buy if the explanation is Snoke was a, a weathered down, broken version of the Emperor? That clone was dying and then Kylo took him out and then we see him come back. But I mean look. It also depends what they mean by melt your mind. Like right. was seeing – spoiler warning. Was seeing Darth Maul at the end of Solo a mind melt, a melter? It didn't melt my mind. It didn't melt my mind at all. I actually thought it was ridiculous. Um, a lot of people are putting it in there and I love this. Haskell 420 did this. But Burt Mills is closer to me for what would melt my mind. All the Force Ghosts. Haskell says Endor and Burt says Force Ghosts on Tatooine. Tatooine would do it for me. You know why? Because that's where Anakin was. That's where Luke yeah, was. That's where it all started. That's where it all started. That's where Obi-Wan ended up. Going back to the Skywalker homestead. I mean that's – we're talking about full circle here. If like somehow Ray, like maybe she goes to like finally say goodbye to Luke, goes to the – like pick up the journal because in the comics, Luke Skywalker picked up the journals from Obi-Wan's – um, hovel and the Dune Sea. That could be some kind of thing. Maybe the Jedi text that she stole, that she grabbed at the yeah. end of uh, the Last Jedi. There's something about yeah, bringing the... Tatooine in because Tatooine is the one consistent planet. Because we haven't had any planets from any of the sequels or prequels, right? They've all been new. What's the mind? Yeah, what's the mind melter? So anyway, call in. Three, two, three. Oh, here we go. We got one. We got one. You're on rule of two. Who do we got? You got Ron from Phoenix, Arizona. Is it Ron? Is that what you said? Yep. Hey, Ron, how are you? Yep. Doing good, man. Okay. Love the show. Thank you cool. very Thank much. Thank you very much. So what's your question? 
Uh, it's not really a question. Well, it's, I guess it's a question and more of a comment about your previous show. Fernandez was saying that he didn't like any Star Wars without the Big Mac. Mm. And I think, Riley, you were saying that you were really excited about The Mandalorian, which I am too. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of the fans are. Mm -hmm. um, and it may not have the Force or lightsabers in it. Right. But with your Big Mac analogy, it's like, you know, every time you go to McDonald's, you don't go to Big Mac. You know, Fernandez, you like chicken nuggets. I love like chicken nuggets. I love chicken nuggets. Yeah, chicken sandwich. <laughs> Yeah, and so that's all. I'm just saying, you know, if it's uh, it, it can still be Star Wars without the Force of Life. So first Thanks of all, Ron, call too, guys. all right, thank you for the call, Ron. Thank um, you, Ron. So first of all, I agree completely with Ron that if it's done well, you you know, it, it could be great, right? Okay, but where where I will stray is that I actually do think that the Mandalorian is going to have a very very strong element of the force in it. Yeah. And I think that it's going to deal with the dark saber. I think it's going to deal with some of the stuff that Star Wars Rebels touched on. Mm -hmm. And I forget the Mandalorian's name, you know, this is where you need um, you know, Ken Napsok. But there was a Mandalorian who crafted the Dark Saber. The Dark Saber. Yeah. I forget his name right now, and maybe somebody in the comments will help me out. But there was a Mandalorian in uh, Rebels that is the one that, that that crafts the Dark Saber and is strong in the Force and is a Mandalorian, was the first Mandalorian um, Jedi. I think sooner or later, the Mandalorian will start to revolve around a Force user. I can't imagine the show actually not going there. So it's kind of a roundabout way of agreeing and disagreeing with you, Ron. I agree with you that the chicken nuggets are awesome and you can get a 20-piece and sweet and sour sauce and be happy with it. Yeah. But I do think that when you go into McDonald's and you order the 20-piece, you always say, you know what, throw throw a Big Mac down there too. Uh, who created it was Tar Vizsla. Tar Vizsla, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and I Tar Vizsla. And I think that um, – and also, I think it needs to be said for me as well in regards to the Big Mac and the Jedi and the Force is what we like to say. I always want that because that's the most fascinating part of Star Wars for me is the is the Jedi and the Sith and the Force and that mythology and what – you know everything they say about it. But I'm not opposed to a good series that doesn't really touch on it. But now I was thinking I'm like has there been a Star Wars movie – we haven't had the streaming yet, but a Star Wars movie – all the new Star Wars movie that hasn't had the Big Mac at all in it. Solo. But we at, had Darth Maul at the end. At the end, at the end, right. We, we, got a, we got a preview of a Big Mac. Right, right. We got a little bit. If you want this Big Mac, pump up the volume here on this box office because the sequel's going to probably have Darth Maul in it if there was a sequel. sequel. Not anymore. He signed three movies, right? Yeah, yeah. Alden did? Alden did, yeah. So three. I wonder if there could be something. But I liked that. That introduction, I liked it because it connected to Clone Wars finally and a little bit of Rebels with Darth Maul is that the, you know, the Black Sun syndicate that we could like explore a little bit and we had Darth Maul back. We had Sam, Sam Witwer doing uh, some of it uh, or he was going to do – yeah, he did the voice and then of course Ray Park being back. So, Would you be down for a solo too? I would. Me too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean it's, that's the thing about like – it's my favorite analogy when it comes to Star Wars. It's like me, I'm a huge Miami Dolphins fan. And the Dolphins are, are terrible. They're a terrible team that has no chance to compete. Mm -hmm. But I will watch every single game. Right. And it's not like I don't want the Dolphins to exist anymore. Mm -hmm. Somebody said, I hope nobody watches episode nine. Like I couldn't disagree more with that. Why? Why you are know? you watching this? 
It's yeah. a Star Wars show, and you don't want anybody to watch Episode Nine. It's like, of course I want to watch Episode Nine. Of course I want to watch Solo Two. You're in the but, wrong chat room. But I want to put it out there of the things that we're look at least the things that I'm looking for. Because putting it out into the universe, hopefully the midichlorians will take it and, and like it'll seep into the creators' heads and, mm-hmm. and they'll refocus and rethink about what they're doing. But yeah, give me Solo 2. Make Solo 2 happen. I'm down with that. I, I am as well because I thought there was a lot of good things in Solo, but overall it just didn't land with me. And what I did like was the introduction of Darth Maul, and I think you can go a lot of places. I saw something in the chat, and I wonder if it's true, that the, uh, the Solo 2 was going to be from – uh, the uh, the the perspective of Boba Fett, I do love that idea. Boba Fett was in Solo. There was a version of Boba Fett that I think was either a deleted scene, but he's in the background when Solo goes to the planet where he meets Lando uh, for the first time. Oh, really? Yeah, that he was in the background. You could see the makings of the helmet and the outfit, but he's just kind of hanging out in the background. And I think that was a little Bo- nod Boba Easter. Fett. Yeah, Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Where? Boba Fett. Where? Yeah. You guys, ju- jump in the chat room. Is that correct? Because I remember – yeah, let me look it up real quick. Boba Fett in Solo. I think he is a she and I think she is a changeling. <laughs> Where's that from, guys? Post. Well, that's Attack of the Clones. Yeah. Oh, you just spoiled Sorry, it. Sorry, I spoiled you it. You just spoiled it. I'm looking for oh. – hey, we got a call. There we go. You're on Rula 2. Who do we got? Hey, this is Chris from Atlanta. Hey, Chris from Atlanta. Hey. How are you? Pretty good, are you guys? Love the show, love the show. Thank you very much. Thank you. So what's your question for us? So I was watching episode three the other night, and I was kind of, particularly like the battle of uh, Utapau, where like the clone troopers kind of come in, and I was thinking most of the Star Wars stories, like ideas, are always in the original trilogy era. But when there's one, like shorts, you know, one movie, kind of like Rogue One, but a war movie, but in the Clone Wars era, you kind of take George Lucas's vision from like the whole prequel era, like Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the Seth, and have clone troopers. Whether you have Obi Wan, Anakin in it, maybe, but you could just focus on a different mission, mm. like one singular mission, one singular campaign, but Ooh. the whole war movie, kind of like Rogue One. And I was saying, I'm gonna listen. Yeah, Dude, well, thanks I'm... for the call, buddy. I like that. Um, so, look, you know, for me, I one of my favorite scenes in Clone War, in, in Attack of the Clones, is that scene where you where it's shot from the back of the clone troopers, and it's like real. Sandy, there's like sand, uh, like explosions dust and dust clouds, and they're like walking through, and they're like, yeah, and like yeah. it feels like you're in the friggin' trenches, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, the way that he describes it, George Lucas, is that he always wanted to get that war and peace vibe, you know, like yeah. in war and peace, you get these massive like fights against each other. And I actually think that that to me makes a lot of sense because. In Rogue One, it's still ultimately a small group of people mm-hmm. that are resisting and fighting against a much larger group of people. Yeah. In the, in the prequels, you had the clone army, which was a massive army, against the Trade Federation army, which was a massive army. So you had two fairly equally matched forces go up against each other. Yeah. That's a war. Yeah. You know, typically there's always one side that's a little stronger, you know, than than the other. But it is a war, like you know, like France versus Russia, like right. in, like in Napoleonic times. Like that epic vibe, I actually think would be interesting. I am so down for this, yeah. and because you know what jumped in my mind more so than all that was just uh, was doing like a Saving Private Ryan 
with the clone troopers. Right. Like a mission that it's like we're going in and not all of you are coming out. And then I thought about the great Clone Wars episodes when they realized the chip is in there for Order 66. It's a great episode. I know exactly. It's funny. Like I went ex- exactly there when you were talking about that. And we've seen that and we know that that, that – was able to have a couple clones that ended up living that that ended up in Rebels. But I wonder what it would be like if like it's a big Saving Private Ryan thing when Order 66 happens and if there were a couple clones that deserted their post and what that would do. Yeah. So you get the war, you get the war movie, you get them all together and then Order 66 happens probably at like near the act 2 climax and the and the climax of the yeah. movie is, you know, Look, dealing with that. Hearing you talk and hearing our last caller, thank you very much for the call. Uh, and if you want to call in 323-522-5515, call in, talk to us, ask us some questions. But yeah. hearing you talk and hearing the last caller talk, it, it's like something that's been welding up inside of me for a while. Ooh, I like this. That I think the best Star Wars content we've ever gotten mm-hmm. like, might be the Clone Wars. That's an interesting – yeah. Like I mean, pound for pound. If you look enjoyment. at enjoyment, like, if you look at it as one holistic thing, right? And you, okay. you got you got episode four, you got episode five, episode six. You got the prequels, you got Clone Wars, you got Rebels, yeah. you got the sequels, Rogue One, Solo, all the stuff that we've gotten. Um, and you put it all together, and you look at each thing individually. Mm-hmm. I think pound for pound, the most Star Warsy thing for me that delivers the most punch. Is the Clone Wars? Might be the Clone Wars. Look, I'm not ready to make that an official thing. Right. But it might be the Clone Wars because it has that. It's got it's, massive war. Mm-hmm. It's got great episodes where it's war. It's got great episodes that it's all about the Force. It's got great episodes of Anakin succumbing to the dark side. Right. It's got great episodes of Anakin being a, a great friend to Ahsoka. It's got episodes where Asajj Ventress and Obi-Wan Kenobi team up. You know, yeah. like Yoda going to Dagobah and having to deal with uh, the dark side energies yeah. coming out. Darth, Darth Maul with the dark Darth Bane you know, with the Night Sisters. Yep. You know, his brother. It's some of the it's some of the best storytelling, I would say, and some of the best introduction of characters and like tying some mythology into not only the prequels but the sequel trilogy. Hey, man, I mean, I'm, a, I'm the original trilogy for it will forever be the best Star Wars for me. For sure. It's the classiest it's, Star Wars. Yeah. Somebody here just wrote Clone Wars better than Empire Strikes Back with three question marks. Whoa, whoa, and like, whoa. I'm let's, not ready to let's, jump on let's that. Not, let's not jump to conclusions Yeah, yeah. Here. I'm not ready to jump on that. And, and first of all, this is very personal. This is, I'm talking about my personal favorite thing that hits, clicks all the boxes. Now, granted, I believe Clone Wars averaged about 20 episodes a season. Yeah, something like that. And it was six seasons mm-hmm. at, at like 22 minutes each. So it's a lot. It's a lot of content. And, you know, that's the thing about TV series and why we're seeing this this new version of like home entertainment and streaming and these binge-worthy shows is because you can really dive into characters yeah. and tell a story that doesn't have to be contained within two hours. You know – that's an episode. We should do this as an episode. And tell me if you if you like this. Uh, the Mortis trilogy. Yeah. Thank yeah. you, Juna T. Mortis trilogy is one of my favorite. It's fantastic storylines. We should do an episode where we rank our top ten Clone Wars episodes. Oh, it's a great idea. Yeah. You know, and really give it a little survey. Take some time and really look through it. Watch them again because I would put the Yoda episode when he's that's you talk about Big Mac. 
where Yoda goes and he, he sees goes Sifo to Dagobah. He goes, yeah, and he goes up. He goes to Dagobah. He he gets visited by Darth Bane. Yeah, that was my favorite. That was like you, like I said, you talk about the Big Mac. You are getting all the Big Mac. Yeah, and that's one of my favorites. But I love that idea. So thank you very much for that. We have another call we got coming another in. Another caller. What's up, buddy? Hey, you're on Rule of Two. Who do we got? My name's Sean. Hey, Sean. What do you got for us today? Um, so in the Last Jedi, Ray had a lot of confidence in bringing Kylo Ren to the, um, you know, get, making him on the light side again. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think she'll still have some of that, any of that confidence left in the rise of Skywalker? It's a great question. I don't think she will. I don't think she should. I think she should just realize that, um, you know, he's not worth um, right. tampering with. He he should just die. Mm. I mean, I don't even think he should be redeemed at this point because um, why not? You know, we we've already se- we've already seen Darth Vader get re- redeemed, so that's why I'm. I mean, you know, it, it's just it's already been done seeing the the bad guy get redeemed. So, right? I, I think do you do you should, want do you I want Kylo to be redeemed? Like like forget about whether it's been done before or not. Personally, when you look at Kylo Ren uh, on the screen, do you? have any empathy for him or do you see him like Mark Ellis sees him as the guy who killed Han Solo so he's trash right um yeah i mean he did kill he did kill Han Solo but like you know there's so much history there's still so much that we don't know about there could be a lot of reasons for for like you know his his troubles and everything like that um you know, so I guess that's a good point. Push it, putting everything aside in terms of the storytelling, whether it's been done before and all that stuff. Yeah. I guess in that sense, I kind of want him to be redeemed because, I mean, you know, there's that theory about, um, you know, did Han have an affair with Kira um, before The Force Awakens, and then that's why him and Leia were separated, and that's why Kylo was mad at Han. Was mad at Han. Ooh. There's just so much that could have happened. Um, I didn't hear that theory. I like that. You know, yeah, so thank you for the call, yeah. man. Yeah, uh, great question. Yeah, um, go ahead. You take well, it. Well, you know, I I mean, right, Star Wars deals in Echoes. And the, 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 we think that Kylo Ren is going to be redeemed by the end of Episode Nine. It's not so I much just, that we think, is that I want Kylo Ren to be redeemed. You do want him to. I do want him to oh, be redeemed. Oh, see, I thought you didn't. I don't. Because that, to me, ultimately is the moral of the story. It is, of all Star Wars. And I want it to be a little bit Greek tragedy. I want him to go out. I want him to die as he started. I think it would be fascinating that he was a lost Skywalker and that Rey could continue to try. Yeah, that's fair. But like but for me – he's just fascinating and I know they're going to go about it. So I'm not opposed because I know we're probably getting it and it's going to weigh the execution that because Kylo Ren is my favorite character in the new trilogy – if he goes redeemed and it's and it's done in a way, and I walk out of there going, I'm so glad he was redeemed. Then they work. The storytellers got me. Yeah, because like, look, for me, the reason why I think redemption is Star Wars. It's one of the edicts of Star Wars, right? Is because Star Wars is, in my opinion, and I've said this on the show a million times, but I'll say it again. To me, Star Wars is a, um, you know, it's a bar mitzvah story, okay, yeah. and it's a coming of age story. It's the story of a child losing his innocence and becoming a man or a woman. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's all about that. It's a coming of age epic, like like Spider Man. Yeah, uh, rite new, of passage. It's the yeah. It's the rite of passage of losing your innocence and gaining your adulthood. Now, in that transitionary period, 
I know that I made a lot of stupid choices. Mm-hmm. You probably made some dumb choices you weren't too proud of. Oh, my God, yes. But the greatest advice that anybody can give you when you make these kind of stupid choices is that you know, and obviously killing somebody is an extreme metaphorical way to exemplify it. But sometimes you can make really, really, really bad decisions. Look at yourself in the mirror, understand that they were bad decisions, feel genuine remorse for them, and then do what's necessary to redeem yourself of that choice. Right. I think is one of the most important lessons that life has to give is that the book is not written. Every yeah. choice you make, unless it's an extreme choice, you know, that obviously, you know, is a violent crime or, or something really, really, really bad. Right. That you can – it's not about somebody giving you a second chance. Is that life is also about you giving yourself a second chance. That's a great way to put it too. And I think that really ties in very nicely with the Kylo Ren character who, as we know, he was telling – he was telling the the – the visage of Vader or Vader's helmet in Force Awakens, the light is still calling to me. Right. And that Snoke was in his head, and so he thought that he could obliterate the light by killing his father. But it just from what I understand, and I read some of the, the adaptation of The Last Jedi, the light is still calling to him, and that's what Ray is feeling. So we're set up for that redemption. Yeah. It's and there. Somebody said here Ben will be dead by the end of episode nine. I believe that is like Pretty strong possibility. Yeah, that he'll, he'll die, will. but like redeeming himself in the way. Or some kind of like you were right about me type. Look, yeah. you know, very, very Darth Vadery, right? Yeah. I mean, he's he's going down that path. He wants to be Vader. Yeah, you, you know? know. One thing that I'm very excited about, this is a total non sequitur. But one thing that I'm very excited about is this Lego Skywalker saga game. Oh, yeah. It looks fun. Have you heard about this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So basically it's supposed to be episodes one through nine in one game. And I've been trying to look up everything I can about the Skywalker saga game to see if there's any little leaks in there. Ooh. Because you know that that game knows exactly what the story is. Right. Reshoots or no reshoots. The fundamental beats are in there. Um, so if anybody has anything... Um, go out there and look up Lego, the Skywalker saga. See if you can find any clues that might give us a little glimpse at, at, at what's to come for Episode Nine. One thing that I can tell you for sure mm-hmm. is that little droid, um, that little droid that kind of looks like um, uh, like a little triangle, like on a wheel. Right. You know yeah, the new droid. Yeah, the new droid is going to be a big part of this new movie. I think so. I think so. And I, I, I wonder. With Kylo Ren, it's an interesting thing. I mean, I think J.J. is going to play it kind of legit when it comes to a straightforward Star Wars movie and not subvert expectations. Mm-hmm. Not that Ryan Johnson was trying to do that. I think maybe he was, but I think it worked for me in that sense. But um, God, I, I love this comment. It's hard to interrupt you. I yeah, love this no, comment. I wonder if we're on the same comment. Ben redeems himself and lives in exile on Tatooine. Oh, I love that. Actually, I, li- I have a different one. I like that comment because imagine if at the end it's it's literally Ben, uh, uh, you know, Skywalker mm-hmm. going back to Tatooine. Now we're talking. Now we're getting back to this melt your mind right, thing. Right. Goes back to Tatooine. and some, does, he do- does he have to die? Becomes a moisture farmer, right? Yeah. But he goes and like he exiles himself. He exiles himself. I like that. I like that. Ah, Nolan I Ryan. Like that. I also like the picture. Nolan Ryan. So good name. But I, which comment did you have? Well, Frost Kaiser guys writes. Do you think bringing Palpatine back diminishes Darth Vader Anakin's sacrifice? 
I yes. love that question. I think it does. I think it you does. You do, huh? Okay. I think it does. I, I, I think it does big time. Okay. You know? I think that um, if they're going to bring the emperor back, and I do believe they're going to bring him back. Oh, yeah. He's back. I think that the way that I would personally do it, if let's say that for so like, – like let's say you know, in some dream world they brought me in. Okay, they brought. Let's say they brought us in, right? Right. They brought us in after Force Awakens and the Last Jedi, the way that they were made, right? So we right. couldn't, we couldn't like touch those two movies. They are the way that they are. Okay? okay. The way that I would do it is that I would bring the Emperor back, mm-hmm. but at this point, we, there's so much exposition that's necessary to explain what the fuck is going on. Right. That I would make it flashback. Okay. okay, I would use the stuff that 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 uh, Goyer has done with Vader Immortal and the Black Bishop. So great. I would connect that with Vader, and I would connect that with the Emperor, mm-hmm. and I would connect the Emperor and Snoke in a deeper way, and I would somehow have Snoke get his last laugh in. Mm. You know, because Snoke, like, was a cool character. I know. I want. I I definitely want the explanation on who he is, because, why he is, what, how did he get to Ben. Yeah, how did yeah, how did he manipulate like how did he completely undermine everything that Luke Skywalker had built? Right. Like right. that to me is the biggest unsolved question. Like how the fuck did Snoke undermine everything that Luke Skywalker did? That needs an answer. I agree with you. To go back though, yep. does it does it um you know, diminish Darth Vader, Anakin's sacrifice. And I say absolutely not. You know why? Because he did save the life of his son. And that was the whole point. Right. Even if the guy – like if he threw the em- – let's just for instance. He threw the emperor off the, the thing and the emperor instead of dying or what we think and maybe episode 9 will reveal this. He's able to use the force somehow, slows down and he lives. Well, guess what? Vader's back. He's ve- he's, I mean Anakin is back. And so that, that move – Still has some weight to it because Luke got to his father, so it's it doesn't matter for me yeah. that the emperor died or not died or but, comes back. But also, and, and I remember hearing this around the time, like in the in the mid nineties, you know, when we were watching just the first three movies. That's all we had. Mm-hmm. Um, that one of the main reasons also why Darth Vader dies is because the emperor dies. And that the Emperor yeah. was keeping Darth alive. Dude, you're doing – this is – oh my god. You just rattled a memory yeah. clear of me because we were talking about that. I remember hearing that and I would rewind the, the movie to where when Vader lifts the Emperor, all the Force lightning is going on him. And so yeah. I was always saying he got Force lightning to death. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah which is possible too. Yeah. So, but, but it was also talked about that – when he throws Palpatine in the pit, mm-hmm. right, that Palpatine dies and Palpatine was through some weird force manipulation keeping Vader alive. I mean this is something that's been discussed. That's great. I like that as well. You know, yeah. and and um, it ties in perfectly obviously with Revenge of the Sith and Plagueis and all that shit. Yeah. You know, and it ties in with the fact that the manipulation of learning how to like – keep somebody alive was just a manipulation technique and the irony was that the emperor was actually going to keep him alive yeah it had nothing to do with padme yeah you know i love all that 
That's awesome. Stuff. Good stuff. We, we got, got a caller. We got, one, we got, we got maybe, we, well, we only got 10 minutes after we the show. We got 10 minutes. Yeah. You're on Rule of Two. Who do we got? Hello. Hello. You're on Rule of Two. How are you? Hey, Riley here, Fernandez. How are you guys doing? Good. We're doing good, man. What's We're your doing name? Good. Awesome. This is Hoos from Michigan. Hoos, nice to meet you. What's your question today? Nice to meet you. So here's my thing. I love this show so much because of all the speculation, the theories, and even the what-ifs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And... I kind of do that in my own medium where I uh, take pictures of my figures anytime a theory pops up. And I tagged Fernandez a couple times. Uh, I think you've seen it on Link the Jedi. Yeah, 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 yeah. But some cool pictures. Oh, cool. cool. cool Right. Thanks a lot. I appreciate that. So there's one that I came up with, and it's not really been touched upon. Is Luke meeting Lore Santeca for the very first time. Mm. And... I've always thought about that. Like, it's always intrigued me, and no one's ever really, like, really talked about that. And I just want to know how the Church of the Poor started and, right. you know, the connections with him and Leia and Luke. So I thought that was interesting. I want to get your guys' thoughts on that. Yeah, man. Look, thank you, Link the Jedi. Um, keep making those pictures, man. They're really cool. I love the one that you did um, of Luke um, building his lightsaber. I thought that was really cool. Keep thank doing so what much. you're thank doing, you man. It's that. good stuff, and thank you for the call. Thank you for the call. I would love to see Luke yeah. it with the great Max von Sydow if we could get him back. Again, this is all— That's another one. Like, like I know. You tell me Max von Sydow is coming into a Star Wars movie, yeah. and although he— He's, he obviously knows Kylo. He knows Kylo. And he knows the Skywalker knows, family. He will, she will but always know, be royalty know, to me. Yeah, will always be royalty to me. He knows like, Luke. And we have, but we know nothing about him. Like literally nothing. Like maybe he shows up in the books and whatever. But if you're like us or like me and, you know, you primarily watch the movies. Right. And, you know, uh, Clone Wars I'm a huge fan of. The video games I'm a huge fan of. I've only read – um, the uh, the heir to the empire, uh, you know the Zong Books, trilogy. Yeah. You know I've read those back in the day, and I tried reading Darth Bane, um, and I'm still plowing my way through it. Yeah, you got to get. Oh, I loved it so much. You know, I'm, you, I'm have still, you read Plagueis? I I, I haven't finished it. I okay. haven't finished it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I have no idea who this Lor Santeca guy is. Right. I would love to see it because anything with more Luke. You know, obviously, me being Luke is my favorite. Anakin's your favorite. I mean, but Laura Santeca is a, is a nice kind of glue to like what was Luke doing? Yeah, he's a cool character. Like, he, what he the fuck? Who he, the fuck is that guy? He was a great character. Well, he was killed. He's gone. But I hope he comes. I mean, listen, we're not going to be able to bring him back unless Look there's a class. Look how old you've become. It's such great lines such too. At the very it's such, yeah. it's such so. You know, when Force Awakens started, if oh, we can talk yeah. just real quick yeah. on that scene in particular, it. loved it. That was the most Star Warsy. I like you it talk about brilliant. getting right back up on the horse. Brilliant. Loved it so much. But yeah, Lor Santeca was is a fascinating character. I hope that they maybe we can. Again, it's really hard for me with all the supplemental materials that are out there. We're movie guys. Yeah, and I'm going to be a streaming guy too when it comes to the Mandalorian. So. But I'm with you, man. Like, from the beginning of The Force Awakens, for me, and I've talked about it on this show 10,000 times, but from the beginning of The Force Awakens up until the point where you see Harrison Ford, mm-hmm. which is an, uh, um, ironic because Harrison Ford is probably one of my favorite actors of all time, um, Force Awakens is for me a five star movie. Right up to Han Solo. And you lose right. it with Han Solo, huh? I lose it with Han Solo. Everything yeah, after see, that to me— that's where it just kept going for me. Everything oh, after know. that to me just makes no sense. 
Oh wow! Yeah, it yeah. just like it makes absolute like it just it gets boring for me. It gets repetitive. It gets pedantic. Once Han but, Solo shows up, it just ramps it up for me. Yeah, see, like, for me, it had the opposite yeah. effect. Like the the Rathtarg scene is probably the most boring scene. The, the Rathtars are stupid, Wars. but I love. Are you kidding me? I love Han Solo, Chewbacca being faced with Kanja Club and and the and the and the actors from the raid coming in because he's uh, like with La Chi. Good to see you. And then, like, Chewie's right there. He's like, I've never lied to you, have you? And Chewie's like, mm, But it's just I? my suspension of disbelief went out the window yeah. in that whole scene because I'm not seeing a character who's had growth of 30 years. Han Solo, you mean? Yeah. I'm seeing a character who's trying to be the same guy that I left him as without any passage of time. See, like, He doesn't seem to give a shit about his wife. He left her. He's like traveling around with like you know on this big spaceship. I guess doing crime again. Mm-hmm. It's just Struggling. like it's this, he's the same guy that you he see. went back because you know why he loses his son to Snoke. That's going to put a strain on the marriage, and he goes back to the only thing he knew how to do. Right, and but we don't know how he lost of, him to Snoke, so to us it doesn't mean anything. But that's implied. I mean, it's implied when he sees Leia again. And she even says it. We right. lost our boy. Right. And then he turns his back. Like, I saw he him. He turns his she, back. Yeah, he tells her, I saw him. And then he makes the ultimate sacrifice to come back to try to get him and, and you know, pull him back from the darkness into the light. And then that great scene as the as the sun is powering down because it's getting sucked by the by Starkiller base, that darkness goes there and then we know it's yeah. coming and, 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 and like So it worked perfectly for me, like, but that's just me sticking up for that moment. Yeah, and, and like this is something I'll give I'll give John Campy a lot of credit for this one. Like yeah. um when when I saw The Force Awakens, you know, Campy and I were hanging out quite a bit. And um, I remember he told me something that always stuck with me about how I don't love the Han Solo character in, in Force Awakens. Yeah. And Campion made a very astute observation, which was you don't see Luke try very hard to connect um, with with Kylo. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Han to connect with Kylo, right? right. Like you needed two or three moments of them trying to connect for you to really feel that loss at the end. And you really don't get that. Like, you only have that one scene where he's looking at him carrying Ray into the spaceship. Right. That's the only time Han sees him mm-hmm. before they meet up on that, you know, like, walkway. Right. Like, that's it. You know, like, you don't have any other interactions except for Han seeing him from afar and then them walking at the thing. So you don't... You don't know what their relationship is like. You have no idea. See, it it was filled in with me when he meets with Leia. See, that's – I got a a lot of exposition from that. You know, in that – in those intimate moments with Leia and Han, they mentioned Ben. They mentioned Kylo Ren. They mentioned Snoke and that filled in a lot for me. But I agree. I I could have loved to see some kind of interaction. Something just to make it meatier because at the end, you know he's going to kill him. Like like, like, there's no surprise. What about this? Because there was a deleted scene. On Starkiller Base, Kylo Ren finds the Millennium Falcon, walks into the cockpit and looks around and it's a quiet moment of him looking around going – Right. They cut that scene. They cut that scene. Right. But he's looking around going, it was my dad's ship. The son of a bitch. The son of a bitch abandoned me. I, that's what I was getting from the deleted scene, the inner yeah, monologue yeah, yeah. that Kylo Ren yeah. would be having. I, <clears throat> excuse me. That could have been – maybe that would have filled in some blanks. Let's try to see if we get one more call, one last one. We only have about five minutes left. One uh, more there we call. Go. We uh, got asking, it. you shall deliver. Yep. You're on rule of two. Who do we got? Hello? Hello. You're on rule of two. Who do we got? 
Oh, hey, it's Ryan from Detroit. How are you guys? Hey, Ryan from Detroit. What's up, Ryan? What do you got for us today? So I was reading an article, I think it was yesterday, maybe the day before. John Favreau was talking about uh, his process going into The Mandalorian and how he had met George Lucas and asked for his advice. And Lucas had said something along the lines of, you know, yes, we, we can ultimately love these stories as adults, but kind of what makes them is that these are about growing up, about that weird line that you cross where you're no longer a kid, yeah. so on and so forth. Um, and one of the things that I loved about The Last Jedi was that it seemed to be the first movie, Star Wars movie, about not just growing up, but about growing old and the mm. way that they handled Luke, mm. um, which I absolutely adored. Yeah. I was wondering maybe what, what, what your take was on that. And if you think there's room to play around with themes like that, even if they're not what George had initially envisioned. First right. of all, it's a great point, and thank you very much for the call. It's an yeah. awesome point. Awesome point. And thank look, you. Um, it reminds me, actually, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Right. That's what Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is, right? It, it really is. Here's the quote. I pulled it up real quick. Yeah. We had a long talk with each other. This is Favreau talking to Lucas. One thing he said to me was, remember, John, the real audience for all stories and all myths is the kids that are coming of age because he's really a Joseph Campbell adherent. Yeah, yeah. Look, first of all, great call. Great. Uh, thank you for that call. Thank you for that point. Um, I do think that Star Wars can be um, a vessel to tell these monumental life milestones. Yeah. You know, growing growing old is one of them, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I do think – look how old you've become – is a, is probably one of my favorite lines in the sequels. Period. Yeah, because it's such a powerful, powerful moment. Because he remembers him when he was a kid. Right, must have been right. So now he's there. Right. Powerful. I mean, even though we don't know, because yeah. like J.J. Uh, Abrams does does not want to tell us or give us specifics. He doesn't, you know. But um, I do like the idea of. I mean, look, my favorite superhero movie. I think pound for pound, I think the greatest superhero movie ever made. It's probably The Dark Knight, you know, like mm-hmm. if you're looking at it academically. But my personal favorite is Logan, without yeah. a doubt. Logan is getting up there for me. Yeah. I just watched it again too. Yeah, Logan is my personal favorite because it is about the growing old part it of it. You know, your mortality. And like – Facing that mortality when you've been a superhero all your life. What I, is that like? I love that. Yeah. Now, do I feel like The Last Jedi did a good job at giving me the Luke growing old story? <sighs> I don't know. No, but I got to watch it again from that perspective. And maybe there's a little bit more meat on that bone if I'm looking for it specifically. I haven't thought about it that way. It's a good way to look at it. I mean, I personally have liked, I mean, we've seen our heroes in Luke Skywalker and Han Solo and to an extent General Leia all go like General Leia, Princess Leia kept doing what she was doing, right? She kept leading. She kept, you know, and so there wasn't a lot of change with her. We'll see what happens in episode nine, and I, I wonder how, you know, handcuffs are going to be with yeah. God rest her soul losing Carrie Carrie Fisher. Han Solo turned his back. Luke Skywalker turned his back. What are the filmmakers? And again, everybody gives Ryan Johnson a lot of shit. J.J. Abrams sent him off onto an yeah. island, yeah, and Ryan Johnson had to pick up the pieces and fill in the blanks. Why would he be on that island, right? He turned his back on us. Well, we don't know because we don't know what – he's obviously on that island because Snow put him there. Like, Snow like, like, didn't put him there. Not directly but indirectly. He, indirectly, yeah. He wanted to – I've. this is my read on Luke. Yeah. I've always my, said he didn't want history to repeat himself. He takes himself out of it. Is your thing dead? Is my thing dead? Cody, are we still on the air? Yeah. You're good. We're uh, still good. <laughs> good. We're good. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Keep going. Keep going. No, but Luke did turn his back, but I feel like he – 
was taking himself out of it because he didn't he because he hubris in Jedi. Right. He was he brings up Darth Sidious. He brings up the hubris of the Jedi thinking that they're all powerful and that the dark side snuck right in. Right. And that's exactly he saw it happening with Ben Solo turning into Kylo Ren. There is going to be more in episode nine. So I hope we get it because it's hard to judge it just on that because I think we're going to get some of that fill in the blanks with Luke because I can understand it. And I think it's interesting when you see a hero fall so far. That's interesting to me as a writer. Because if I see Luke Skywalker walk into the mist going, hey, I'm back. Hey, force, 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 powerful Jedi, and you're done, the movie's over. No trilogy. Right. It's like I, I, That's why it's like it always drives me crazy when people but, are so like, that's not my Luke. It's like I get it. He's not my Luke either. This is a different Luke. Right, but, but if you come back, you, you come back to face a demon that you want to overcome. And he did, and that was the whole point. I mean he faced that demon we, head on. We still, we still don't even know what the demon was. Right. That I agree with. And we're going to get that in episode nine. It, I we hope. Better. We, we better. better. And that will do because it. Like, it's, it's, be, finish your thought yeah, because, because then like, we'll wrap look, up the I show. love – obviously I'm a huge Palpatine guy, second favorite character in all of Star Wars next to Anakin. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite characters in all of you know fucking movies, period. And yeah, having him back would be great and cool and I'm sure that I'll like it no matter what. But – if I had to choose between having Palpatine back mm-hmm. or understanding who the fuck Snoke is and how he undermined Luke Skywalker and how he drove Skywalker into Octu into isolation and pretty much destroyed this guy yeah. and left him as like this meaningless hermit, I'd rather hear that story. I would too. Than like just get a, you know, a retread on a character that was I thought resolved extremely well in Return of the Jedi. I can't disagree with that. I and based on what you said, yeah, I need some answers with Snoke, and I think we could get it with Snoke through the Emperor, but not necessarily the Emperor being back. But in some way, you know, there is some great stuff that um, some of the Battlefront Two. Sorry, I couldn't pull the name. Um, where he had contingency plans in place that right. the Emperor did so, and it was a hologram. Now that could work. It, with the Emperor being back, a hologram, but it needs to tie to Snoke. I totally agree to with you. Snoke. I totally it agree with you. So we'll end it there, guys. This right, has so been we, another Sorry to cut you off again, yeah, but no. we didn't even All right, touch the topic. All right, you take us out, Fernandez. We, we didn't even touch the topic. <laughs> well, I think it was we touched the topic. <laughs> loosely. Will the fa- loosely, will the fandom embrace yeah. Episode 9? I mean, that's what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Take, take, are, take you guys, are you guys – Will. Are you excited? I'm going to leave it at this because if you're listening to this on Jedi Council Podcast One feed, you can share this. Go, you know, you can hit us up on Twitter, but here on the video on Collider Video YouTube channel, we do check the comments. Are you excited for Episode Nine? Are you going to embrace this? What do you need from it? And yeah. like, how is Palpatine going to be involved? That seems to be the question that is on everybody's mind. Um, and I want to know. I mean, I right. don't. I, I mean, what Maybe needs we change to be the title? Maybe we change the title of the what, video. We could, but yeah. I mean, but I. <laughs> But it's interesting to me. I, I'll, I'll leave it at this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw a lot of reactions to the tweet, the initial tweet. It's okay. like, are you going to embrace this thing Everybody or not? Everybody was like, nah, nah, nah. I saw – no, 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 no. I saw a lot of yeses. OK. And I saw some good. no's. Yeah, good. And I good. saw some no's and I know somebody came in the in the chat here on a Star Wars show and said, I don't want to watch episode nine. Right. And I said, well, <laughs> you know, this is great. So I understand that. But what is it? That's why I want to read these comments. I want to get these questions and get interacting with you on Twitter as well. What needs to happen for you to embrace Episode Nine? Right. Me, I'm a Star great, Wars fan. I great can't, point. I can't wait. 
but are, is there something that needs to happen like in your mind? And I think we answered it for at least a couple of things me, that we wanted. Snoke. Snoke. Snoke needs to be resolved. I want it because Snoke will take care of not only this mystery but also take care of why Luke Skywalker did what he did, how Ben Solo fell to the dark side, how the Knights of Ren came to be. Do you see how Snoke – you keep – you go down the line here. Yeah, yeah. And you're realizing that there's a lot of answers that needs to be made. And JJ, I'm sorry. Again, with your mystery box stuff. It's like enough already, bro. Yeah, enough. He's going to wrap it up here with episode nine. Yeah. At least that's the way you hope. All right, guys. Thank you very much. We went a little bit over, but that's fun. We loved having you here. Great calls coming in. Great yeah, chat great work callers. happening. Great callers. It was episode 51 of Rule of Two. We've been doing this now. Happy anniversary for a year. It popped up on my Facebook wow. memories. Happy anniversary. We've been doing this for a year now, and that is because of all of you watching along, commenting along, hitting us up on Twitter and leaving comments. We really appreciate it. If you're listening on the Podcast One Jedi Council feed, rate this podcast. Send it out to your friends. Let us know how we're doing. And here, 5 p.m. every Monday on Collider Videos, you'll get Rule of Two. So we'll see you for an all-new one next week. Rise. Yeah. It's that little chico pit bull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. I have pen fed, that's a fact. I have pen fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's Power Cash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, figgins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash PowerCash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA.